1: I'm Justine willis toms and today I'm hosting Dr. Judith Orloff. She's a psychiatrist and the author of The Ecstasy of Surrender, 12 Surprising Ways Letting Go Can Empower Your Life. Judith, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you so much, Justine. I'd like to, let's talk about surrender. When you talk about surrender, it's not uh, something that you really mean that it, giving up or giving in. It's something else. Can you say what surrender is to you? Uh,
2: surrender is the magical ingredient to experience success, happiness, and love. And what it means is that you're able to... Go with the flow of life instead of fighting and struggling and forcing and over-controlling and using your intuition to know when to move forward and when to wait or when to move back. So it's tuning into the flow of life and trusting, trusting, trusting deeper, deeper inside yourself um, so that you are guided to exactly the right people, situations, and anything that you desire or hoping for, you're optimizing your chances of achieving it. Whoa, okay.
1: Yeah, I want that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Me too.
2: <laughs> Definitely.
1: <laughs> you use nature. You use nature as a metaphor, and especially water. So water does this. Water is powerful, yet it it's yielding. Say something.
2: Yes, yes. Well, my spiritual practice is one of Taoism, and we harmonize with the forces of nature as, as part of our well-being and connection to all things. And as a psychiatrist, I feel that nature is an integral part of mental health and healing. So I recommend that all my patients begin to develop a communion with nature so they can feel the benefits of that. We're all part of the natural world. And it's ridiculous, really, to think that you can heal feeling separated from, let's say, the water or the mountains or the sky or the cosmos. It's all a part of our connectedness and our, our healing. And so when you look at nature as an example of surrender, it's so beautiful because you look at the water. Let's say you observe a creek or you observe the ocean. When it hits a boulder in a creek, it doesn't go up against the boulder and fight with the boulder it flows around fluid and flexible in order to continue on its journey and water flows downstream you know it doesn't flow upstream it doesn't fight where it's not supposed to go you have a destiny and in the book i talk about the the difference between destiny and will and the destiny is your flow It's that flow. If you can quiet down enough to listen to your intuition and the flow of where you're meant to go, not necessarily where your mind wants to force you to go, but if you can follow your life's purpose and your destiny to where you're meant to be, then that's where the great happiness and even bliss comes from. But where I see with my patients, they get into trouble where, let's say, they want something and they become obsessed with wanting something. I want this project to happen. I want this man. I want this health outcome. I want this and I won't be happy unless I get it. You know, that will stop most things from happening. That's not the same thing as setting your intention and then letting that go. You see, surrender is a two-step process. It's setting your intention. You can intend whatever you want and desire what you want, but then let that outcome and desire go. It's a two part process, which is the art of living, the setting the intention, then letting it go. It's a flow. So it's not just wanting something. People, in my life, I see it too, where if I want something too much, I sabotage myself because I, I lose touch with my ability to sense the flow. Now, maybe something isn't happening right now. You know, I, I often had a hard time when the universe said no to me where I would put out a request, you know, I want this project to happen, and the universe would, might say, no, it's not the correct time. But yet I would become frustrated and upset, and why isn't it happening? And, you know, you, you work yourself up into a tight knot, which is the opposite of surrender, as opposed to breathing and saying, okay, not now, wait, be patient. Patience is the essence of surrender, knowing the right timing, of when to act. And that's the essence of flow. Because when you're in the flow, you know timing, you're in the zone, it's what athletes right. get yes. into, you're in the zone, the timeless zone, and you're flowing. And that's how you want your life to be. And then you get to experience some pleasure and enjoyment. Well, I
1: use that metaphor, in you know, the river flow and coming up and in Boulder and Uh, A lot in my life to notice when I'm kind of butting up against this boulder, and it's it's not yielding, and it's coming up kind of over and over again. And then I say, okay, what is my way around this? Uh, It's like and 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 it does. It feels like I can just feel the river how it just opens up and just flows around the boulder and gets on with that as you say flow it's an energetic isn't it
2: it's an energetic it's a cycles of light you know it's flowing with the light in the deepest sense flowing with energy if you believe that life is energy it's not just superficial um exteriors when really flowing with the energy of things you're in your groove you're in your your moment you're in your flow And that's where you want to be. And you must trust the flow. The linear mind often fights with the flow. Because as a psychiatrist and an intuitive, I work with both my linear mind and also my intuition. And I'm a big believer in the linear mind, yet I know the limitations of the linear mind. It's great for making lists. It's great for analyzing. It's great for ordering medical tests when you need it. You know, all of that is fantastic. But in terms of the flow, it can be problematic because the mind is willful. And it wants what it wants. When it wants it, and you don't always get that. That isn't how life works. You get what you're meant to get karmically, and that's a function of flow. And the mind doesn't like that at all. When it hears it's not getting something right now, it's like a baby. Well, you exactly.
1: know, yeah. One of the one of the ideas you when we're experiencing illness, when we're dis-ease, disease somehow in our in our bodies, you talk about. How we need to look at our bodies as a plant as a living green growing thing rather than a machine,
2: all right, well, and- traditional medicine looks at the body so mechanistically it's it's a machine that needs fixing, all right, but really, we're more like a plant, we're a living organism that needs tending to. And we need to be listened to as if we're beautiful flowering plants. And to listen to the body and listen to what needs tending to, what kind of soil we need, what kind of people we need, what kind of healing techniques we need so we can flourish. And each body, each plant is different. You see, everybody's different. What you might need may not be what I need. But listening intuitively, that's the art of being a physician as far as I'm concerned, the intuitive listening to each patient as an individual and tuning in intuitively to that patient and using my intuitive knowledge to tune into their intuition to get what's right for them, not me. It has nothing to do with me as a healer. It has to do with what's right for them and getting my patients in touch with their flow so they can surrender to it and not fight. For instance, if, if you're in a state of pain, physical pain, the worst thing you can possibly do is resist it You know, in terms of tensing around it because that makes pain worse. Whereas breathing through pain And relaxing around pain lessens it. You see, there's pain and there's suffering. Pain is the physical sensation. Suffering is what our minds do around the physical sensation. And surrendering allows you to let go of more of the suffering so you can diminish the pain instead of aggravating it with negative thoughts, with tension, with anxiety. Now, that makes it worse, but it's counterintuitive. It, it is counterintuitive, yeah, Judith, yeah. because if you're in
1: pain, yeah, you know, yeah. you're focusing on the pain, I it's know. just so painful, but you're saying to to not resist it, to allow
2: the pain or whatever. How does that mechanism not work? Tight, not tighten around it. It doesn't mean give up to the pain or give in to the pain. It just means relax around the pain so that the knot can loosen. The pain is a knot, and you want that knot to loosen. You don't want to add to the stiffness of it. And you can with your thoughts. Just I'm there ne- the thoughts. I'm never going to get well. I'm in so much pain. I hate God. I hate my family. I hate my body. You know this is never going to end. Why am I going through this? Yada yada yada. All natural thoughts, you know, but it's not going to help your pain. That's going (laughs) to worsen your pain. And I believe in venting, but I think it's also important not to stay stuck in that mindset so that you can begin to relax and heal. And it seems counterintuitive but that's why it's an evolutionary leap in terms of how to deal with pain and illness. But then that relaxing
1: also, and you you talk about how it can release some good hormones and good things that when when we're tense and and. Risk, we restrict the blood flow, we restrict all sorts of things.
2: Yes, when you're, t- when you're tense, when you're anxious, when you're afraid, the stress hormones start pouring through your body, adrenaline and cortisol, and they begin to constrict the blood vessels, increase your blood pressure, decrease immunity, increase uh, muscle spasm, and generally put your body under chronic burn and stress so that you won't heal. Whereas if you can relax more then you can get into the really the surrender hormones which are the blissful endorphins which increase during meditation laughter, exercise and you can Consciously harness those in any kind of illness or painful experience by surrendering a bit more. Then you get the blissful neurochemicals. But you can consciously go in there and make that choice, even though it's an effort, in a sense. Even though it might not feel natural, just try it and you'll feel better. Whenever, if I have an injury or something, the first thing I do is I say, all right, breathe, relax, don't tense up. Because the first thing you want to do is tense up. But that's ironically not going to help you. Right. And the same is with illness. If you have an illness, let's say who wants an illness? You know, number one, you didn't cause the illness, you know, even even let's say you're a chronic smoker, you never watched your diet, you're an alcoholic, and you've got some related disease to that, you know, and I and my patients are sometimes like that, it doesn't serve you to look back and beat yourself up for what you didn't do. You know, the surrender is moving forward to what you can do. You don't want to foster and surrender to any negativity or excuse to beat yourself up. I mean, yes, you can be accountable that you didn't care for yourself in that way, but don't dwell on it. You know, dwell on solutions. This book is very results-oriented because I use these techniques myself, and so they have to work. You know, they really have to work. And I know that dwelling on negativity or self-loathing or beating yourself up for what you didn't do in a relationship with your health, whatever your past was, you know, there is redemption and there's always moving forward. So you just try and correct the situation, but don't use it as an excuse to torture yourself. Ah, self-torture.
1: Yeah, well, self-torture. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I want to mention to our, our listeners that you, you do cover so many aspects of surrender. I mean, you're talking about relationship, you're talking about um, reading people, communication, you're even talking about aging, you're talking about death and dying. I mean, you really go through all the different aspects in our lives where we can use this technique of surrender. I won't even call it a technique where we can just Open ourselves up to, as you said earlier, our destiny. Yes. Rather than our
2: will. Yes, yes. To trust that each person has a destiny. You have a destiny. And no, I have a discussion on what's will, what is destiny. You know, you can assert your will. But at a certain point, you have to let go. If something is happening, there will be energy there. If it is your destiny to be in a marriage, to be in a job, to be in a career, it will happen. And you can facilitate that by the choices that you make. However, some things are destiny, you just can't avoid them. So it's sometimes a mixed bag. You know, sometimes it's your destiny to go through an illness or it's your destiny to you know, have a career like Oprah, You know, I believe it was her destiny. She was destined for that because it was her nature and it was her time, you know, to have that, not to say her career is any better than anybody else's career. I don't think so. You know, I think whatever you're given is exactly what you need, you know, but part of, you know, accepting that is surrendering comparisons. Uh You know, I, I talk about that in the book where, you know, from a spiritual vantage point, your path and somebody else's path comparing is irrelevant. Yes, the other person has nothing to do with you do you find that um
1: f- feeling kind of following the flow of joy is is a little key to it if you're feeling a little more joy over here than you are over there is that a does that have a key
2: to touching our intuition yeah if you can Uh, Joy is alien to a lot of people. I mean, joy, even a second, if you can experience a second of joy each day, I'd be happy, you know, (laughs) with my patients because it's so hard to absorb joy for a lot of people. They're used to pain. They could surrender to their pain and talk about their pain and go to their therapist or they're used to the doctor and pain. And, you know, but joy is another story. And that's part of the surrender that I'm suggesting in the book is the outcome is to surrender to joy, to be able to tolerate joy more and more so that you can savor. Savoring is the act of staying with something and enjoying it rather than rushing on to the next thing. You know, savoring. My friend Camille savors washing the dishes after a dinner party and remembering all the stories that the guests told. And it's a way of her feeling the intimacy of the evening by savoring it. Don't rush around so much. Savor the small moments surrendering to me in my life. The real juice of it is surrendering to the small moments, the love with friends, the little children playing, the sunshine, you know, the the happiness. Happiness, the exercising, the ocean, you know, little things that make me happy like a child. I'm like a child a lot of times. I just, I'm in so much awe and wonder at the small things. You know, the big things are great, you know, but more and more as I age, what becomes more important to me are the smaller things because they're so rich with joy and energy. And part of my surrender as writing this book has been Embracing joy for longer and longer moments and the happiness and the spontaneity, not having to plan everything out all the time, but being spontaneous to have a friend call me, let's go down to the beach and go boogie boarding. Yes, let's do it now. I'm going to drop everything in this moment you know, and uh, it's really fun, you know, so I hope everybody can give themselves that more and more, no matter what age, you don't want to be trapped in a cubicle all your life and then die. You know, that's not a good path. <laughs> I'm sorry, if that's too blunt. But that's what people do. And you want to avoid that. Oh, your goodness. time is now your time is now everybody. And I hope you know that. Oh, Judith, thank you so much uh, for for bringing us
1: to that moment of joy, all, all of life in those little moments, and big moments become big moments. I thank you so much, Judith, for being with us on the New Dimensions Cafe. You're most welcome. I've been speaking with uh, Judith Orloff. She's a psychiatrist and the author of The Ecstasy of Surrender. 12 surprising ways letting go can empower your life. And if you'd like to know more about her work, you can go to her website drjudithorloff.com and that's Dr. judith orloff o r l o f f.com or you can get there through the new dimensions website newdimensions.org I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I thank you so much for joining us on the New Dimensions Café, and I invite you to please join us again.
0: You've been listening to the New Dimensions Café. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member,